Yes, everyone, here we go, episode four, um, Scrams Jams, a Screamo podcast. Uh, I'm Tam, tonight joined by Davey, how you doing my man? I'm good man, the Scrams cart is in town, bring out your dead. <laughs> nice and funny, my man, how's it going? Going good man, the Scrams world is rocking. Did you have a good week lads, how was your week? Ah, it was alright. Alright. It, right. it was a good day. Just listening to some scrams, just trying to get through the week to get to the next Scrams Jams podcast. You know? Same. All uh, all work priorities aside, just not important anymore. How really. m- how many um in the hope that nobody's boss is listening, how many work minutes did you spend this week thinking about this album we're gonna talk about? I had it on when I was working a few times. <laughs> not a job like a lot on live lessons that would have been quite distracting for everybody but I had it on when I was like working getting yes. my teeth replying to emails okay episode 4 we're going to talk about um, Circle Takes a Square we're going to talk about As the Roots Undo undoubtedly one of the classic Scrams albums of all time Um before we get on to that, we'll, as usual, talk a wee bit about feedback from folk from, from last week, um, and then we'll, we'll we'll crack on getting into this absolute meaty scrams beast. So, Finny, over to you. What, what were people saying last week? Um, well, we've had some feedback from our new feature. If you remember last week, we started the fucking hero feature. Um, so, Gary T, he disagrees with our... Or picks, mm. and he thought that uh, Raid Arrow, Soul, Passel, Deli, Fafali, it's all number one on the album, should have been one of the fucking heroes, which is fair enough, Aye. but it would have been, but we could only pick three, yeah. but that would have been four, what do you think about that? Yeah, fair, fair dues Gary, I mean he's obviously just trying to try to wind us up there, isn't he, with disagreeing, but... <laughs> As he does, <laughs> I mean, that's his, that's his way. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even suggest that that's really what he thinks, he's probably no. just saying that. Just to, was it? Would you call it a contrarian? <laughs> Absolute contrarian. And then we've got another uh, another comment on that uh, song. I believe song number two, Metapascoli, the one about the we're opposite go- poles. We're not oh, going to yeah. do. We're not going to do the Italian accents nah, again, are we? No, we've slaughtered that already. Uh, aye, so sadness as rebellion says that that's his favourite, and also ten big bastard gatos. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> double uh, cream and double also shocky. Gus says legit 10 slices he agrees with me and he says this is the Scrams album so a lot of love for the La Quiet album he also said he would square go you <coughs> in the, uh, one of the aisles in Tesco for, for, for bringing that rating down so that's right he does like Krav Maga and that I think uh, and you're, you're dead. He does, he does shop in the Tesco next to me as well, so I'm going to need to have my heat down. Actually, you're dead. Basically. I'm actually dead next time I see that guy. <laughs> uh, I liked one, there was one more wee comment I quite liked, it was uh, from Blurst of, ti- Blurst of Times. Blurst of Times. Blurst of Times, it said, I'm only 30 minutes in, but this is the best Screamo podcast, legit makes me miss hanging out in Scotland. Yes. Outstanding. Nice. Love it. A nice thing to say, but how many Scribo podcasts are there? I've no idea. To be the best of, of one. It'd be bad if you were the worst of one. Aye. I think there are some other ones, but I mean, this is the best one in Scotland. 
It's the best podcast that we do. Aye, it's the best podcast yeah. I've ever been a part of. Aye. Absolutely. Uh, so we move up, we should explain the, the rating system then, eh? Let's do that. So, Dave, do you have a crack of explaining it this week? Ah, so, on the spot. Right, so the, the rating system is, it's called Yummy Gato. Yummy Gato! And basically we want you to, uh, out of ten slices of gato, how many slices would you um, give this album? And it's obviously from a misheard Envy lyric, which is also one of our other features, is the, the Specky Rodney. Which you'll get hit with the Specky Rodney clip if you're sounding too pretentious, which is probably going to happen a lot in this episode, we believe. Aye, that's, it's absolutely going to happen multiple <laughs> times. And all week I've been thinking about how do you talk about this, this album without sounding like an absolute pretentious screamo fanboy. Um, and I've concluded there is no way to do that so we're just going to need to suck it up it's just because you are a pretentious screamo fanboy thanks there's no debate well fine <laughs> there's, no, there's no debate and then we've got one other feature Tam do you want to explain the new feature the new the new feature is uh, a fucking hero Finney was so so grumpy with me <laughs> last week so he had this idea for a new feature in fact I think it was Dave's idea I don't know where it came from and anyway, Finney had written written some notes um, and sent them around about about when we should when we should talk about this. And I'd done it at the wrong point in the podcast last week, and he's been lording it over me all week, moaning. Anyway, it's about our favourite song on the album, so we'll um, at the end of the podcast tonight, we will um, say what our our fucking hero of the album is. Can I just read out the notes that I sent around? Yes, <laughs> said. Explain the fucking hero section. And then I wrote a comment that says in bold capitals, this comes at the end, Tam, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> we also said we were going to try and swear less. Already, already know what happened. I know. Um, maybe, maybe you could try and tell anybody that's listening, could try and work out from our chat which song our fucking hero is before we actually get to that segment. That would be interesting. I don't think Andy cares that much. Nah. Though, do I? <laughs> I don't think I even care that much, to be honest with you. Stupid idea, man. Idea. Right, shall we start the album then? Let's <clears throat> let's go. So, um, in the interest of full disclosure, this was me who picked this this album, Circle Takes a Square, As the Roots Undo, um, as one of my all-time favourite albums of any band, any genre. Um, <clears throat> so maybe start a wee bit say about let's talk about the, we'll talk about the band then we'll talk about this album and then maybe we'll we'll, we'll move into the we'll move into the songs if that sounds alright with folk yes Circle Takes a Square from Savannah Georgia current members are Drew Kathleen and Caleb you should do that in the the voice that Andy does the Savannah voice in uh, the office can you do that? No, I can't. Not in the Savannah. His niggas says he just kind of rolls out your mouth like molasses. <laughs> oh man, can we please get through one of these without completely offending like a whole segment of the listeners? We got one episode and we were we were getting told we were undecipherable. I'm no. I'm taking that accent. I'm just going to put on an American accent. <laughs> I might. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, um, Circle Takes a Square have been on the go for 
for a number of years album we're going to talk about tonight was released in 2004. So in that time they've had they've had a number of other members, um, David, Jay, John, Colin, Robbie, and um, and Bobby, Bobby who sadly sadly passed away in 2011 after leaving the band in 2006. So, um, yeah, 2004, As The Roots Undo came out. This was their, um, their, their third release um, that came after an EP in 2001, um, that absolute belter an EP that's got our Need To Bleed and Houdini Logic on it. I don't know if it's got a title, is it just is it, it's a self-titled? Uh, I think maybe it's self-titled, I've got it right here and I don't see a title, so there you go. Let's let's take it as that. They also did a split a split seven inch with page ninety nine that came out in two thousand and two. That was called Document Number Thirteen. Well, it was also called Pyramids and Cloth. The both bands named named their half of the seven inch. And then two thousand and four, as the roots undo came out on Robotic Empire. That's the label with the page ninety nine guy. Was repressed in two thousand and fourteen on Hyper Realist. Ah, right, okay. So I've got the repress. You got the repress, I've yo. Got that re up, that pandemic. <laughs> got that WMD. That's relevant on multiple levels. Eh, uh, I mean, it's a it's a band that, that sort of transcends genres. I'd say I count them as a a scrams band. Um, You'll also hear them described as post-hardcore, grindcore, there's post-rock bits in there, all that stuff we like. Heavy goth, maybe I know. Heavy, heavy goth. Heavy goth. So that's that's what they that's what they are, and 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 that's well, that's who Circle Takes a Square are. That's what this album is. Um, there's a million things we could say about this about this band. It's a bit of a. a it's a concept album, Dave. Well, yes, I think it is a concept album. There's a uh, spent ages deciphering this, but the I don't know if they ever. I don't know. I've read loads of different interviews with them, and they talked about it being a concept album, it not being a concept album. But it does say in the endly about what the theme of the album is, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much as you could interpret the songs like a long journey, ups and downs, suffering, highs and lows. Uh, and the experience of life and um, basically what it that's <laughs> I don't want to read it the whole thing that it says but basically like um, the experience of life is satisfying in itself that you and a pathway to realisation you experience all of life's ups and downs mm-hmm. uh, but even in even within each song there's so many differently we subtleties and what mm-hmm. I think each of the songs are about, and you know you've got talk theories about what each of the songs are about as well. But that just that idea that it's a journey, an experience, loads of. It's a word we've said quite a lot in this podcast about all the albums. Finny, what's your the the sound of this band? What's your your take on them? Uh, well, to me, it sounds. I think it leans more towards a sort of prog metal sort of sound, to be honest. But obviously, there's a lot of elements of screamo in it as well, which I think. Is why they're sort of classed as a screamo band, really, aren't they? Um, but the sound, like the, the the vocal sound, I was always under the impression it was. Uh, well, you were obviously into this much more than I was back in the day, but I always thought it was two vocalists, like just 
like individual vocalists that didn't play instruments in the front because the vocals are so intense and just non-stop basically I think the, the vocals on this sound a bit, sometimes a bit like at the drive-in sometimes like bright eyes and sometimes like fucking Buster Rhymes because they're just so <laughs> rapid uh, uh, they're pure they're intense and all that they're, eh? uh, they're really intense um, uh, the, the, vo- the vocals are loads of different things at loads of different times that they, they, they inter- intertwine and uh, and complement each other as well. I read a cool thing about the about the lyrics about who wrote the lyrics and who edited the lyrics as well. And it was a, it sounds like it was like a bit of a partnership between Drew and the, Kathleen. Uh, between the two vocalists to get everything absolutely like spot on. And what's that? I think what's I, mean, I, I spoke about this last week as well. I love group vocal bits on scram songs. I don't like them on metal songs. So I think they work because the two vocals are so different. The, the group Aye. vocal bits in these songs are, are immense. I'm all over. So, so I read a, <clears throat> I read an interview we we drew, um, where, in, funny you said like it, it kind of, um, Circle Takes the Square f- like are classed as screamo. I think that's what they think as well because in this interview he was talking about like when they started playing shows, they were just playing shows with like majority rule and City of Caterpillar mm. and stuff. And talking about bands that maybe influenced them, they talked. He talked about Godspeed, talked about Orchid. He also talked about Modest Mouse. Oh, really? <laughs> like just, like, I mean, you can. It isn't. <clears throat> it isn't classic. Just scrams from from start to end. There's obviously a bunch of different influences in there, which, to my mind, makes them sound completely unique, man. Uh, there is one thing I, that I think about their sound that is that is unique um, that I want to mention, and that's. That the probably the thing that I, I like the most about this band is that at times they're really they're an unbelievably unpredictable. Right, we were I was sort of trying to make notes about like this record as it goes to just to try and remember the parts of the songs, and at times they're so unpredictable, and then at other times they're actually really predictable. Like actually the the mel- the melodic bits and the breakdowns and there's a few like tremendous chun bits. Like there's a bit in. Yeah, well, I know when we'll go into the songs, but there's a bit where in um, interv- uh, sorry, interview at the ruins and bits in non-objective portrait of karma and in the last song, a crater to coffin that are like totally predictable. But that's what makes them so good, is that they're not just unpredictable because you can switch off for things yeah. that are unpredictable, and they're not just completely predictable. It's the fact that they're both which makes them even Aye. more unpredictable and so satisfying. Aye, satisfying. That's what I was going to say when you get. When you get the resolution of the song, what you, where do you think it's going to go? It's satisfying. That's what you want sometimes. Aye, so totally. Yeah. They do that quite well. Aye, definitely. So um, the album, you can you can read online multiple theories about what this what this album's about and um, people's own views and, and and what it means to them. Um, and birth, awakening, religion, suicide, getting to the end of end of life a journey of self-discovery um and and I, I just think it's really cool that people will take away their own their own thoughts on on what this album means see for me like i've listened to this album now for what was that that that's 15 years 16 years or something you are old as <sighs> balls. really old um <laughs> and one thing i would say is this album and the songs within the album have meant different things to me at different times in my life based on different experiences 
that I was going through. I've always thought that about them, and I'll, when we talk about the individual songs, I'll maybe I'll, I'll maybe say some of that. But again, in this interview I read with with Drew, he, he got asked about the the name of the band, so Circle Takes a Square, and what and his response to that was, well, that name actually means different things. It has meant different things to me at different periods since we've been called Circle Takes a Square, which I I, I just think's pretty pretty cool. Um, so what so, does it mean? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like a really, it's like they rock paper scissors, but they play it in like um, like mathematics departments and physics departments. Uh, like geometry. So they go, oh, what have you got? I've got the rock. I've got the, I've got the circle. I've got the square. Well, circle like, takes the square. Pokemon for ge- geometry. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> geometry. Exactly. Um, okay, so will we will we talk about the talk about the songs and then also um, kind of my favourite part of doing this is speaking about when we've seen our band live. I've been lucky enough to see this band three times, so we'll talk about that towards the towards the end. Uh, there's just there's just one more I want to hang out with talk about, and I, I don't know whether this is um, I don't know if this is FG or no, but the artwork on all on this release is. Uh, Tremendous! It's it's aye, it's so it's good, awesome, aye, it's so good. And uh, the guy, I know it's the vocalist who designed it all. Uh, it totally. I'm looking at the LP cover just now. It's got like birds. When you open it up, there's like the birds are skulls. They're dead. Again, that may be that idea about like life and birth and whatnot. And there's like spires in the background. You can see like the background of towers, but it's kind of overgrown. So medieval, which brings me to point out this recurring theme of scrams. Where's the knight with the sword? Swords. Exactly. Where's the we'll, swords, man? I think we'll get to some sort of medieval themes in this oh, album. Aye. I think there's a pirate in there as well. To be honest, we'll, we'll get to the pirate. <laughs> there's a stabby riff. Sta- oh, that's Hunter's a stabby riff, isn't there? <laughs> Full on. So, it's, I good point. I mean, it's it, it's something that on all the Circle Takes the Square releases, I think they've put a lot of time and effort into it, is the artwork. Um, I'm sure I read something about the, them saying that they don't view the artwork and the music as separate. They view it as one sort of, uh, one production, one one, one product. It's, it's all comes together and you can't have one without the other. Um, I mean, I've had, how many Circle Takes a Square t-shirts have you had in your life, man? Uh, well, you used to make them, mate. Uh, I had a, well, we'll talk about that later on. Tammy used to make his own t-shirts. I was spoke about that before, you? That was on episode oh, one, no, the, orchids, the DIY Orchid t-shirt. Um, any, any other general comments about the band before we... Uh, no, I don't think so. I just think we should probably move on to the first song. Shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Right, okay. So it's not a song, but we'll say the first song is the intro. So... What, what do you just think about the intro? Um, I think it's the most haunting... <laughs> I was going to do the... Were you going to go in and do That would have been too clever for us. Um, it's the most haunting intro to any album in, in the world. So it's just a whistle. It's just somebody whistling and then this sort of chanting comes in the background. It sounds like it's in some, I don't know, massive cathedral. Or something. Monks or something. Less than a less than a minute long, um, but it's. You've already said the word, Dave. It's a journey. 
and this is the start of the journey and you hear it again else do you know what's really cool about this intro is obviously listening to the whole album this is the riff from the last song so if you listen to the whole album and then it just chips back to the start it's like a a circle Aye. obviously circle takes a square oh yes funny that's what they're that's what they're all about oh, um, uh, and as, aye, as well as that, there's so many good bits, and this is a good example of one a band that are doing like a wee thread, mm-hmm. and then it, it'll appear again, and this song and that song. This and is the, there's, aye, there's even wee bits where you think, are they doing that riff? And then they're not doing mm-hmm. it, they're fake doing that riff. This is the um, Pink Floyd uh, motif, guitar motif, where they, they do a, a riff and then bring it in through the album, bring it back, and then later on they play the full song. Aye. I do, I do even think there's a, there's a, even talking about threading, there's a, there's a song in here that I, like is all, is all about, thread, like for me about threading. So the idea that they've got something threaded all the way through it, it's just like tremendous. Very see, good. See this whistling, I think it sounds like it could be in like a horror film or something. So these kids go into a mine, and like they think it's abandoned, and they hear this whistling. And then it's like these miners that have died in there, and they're still working away. Oh my god! Are you saying that because oh you saying that because I spoke about Minecraft in one of these? Maybe I subconsciously that's when in yes. there. Yes. What's that bit in the Lord of the Rings where they go in and uh, it's in? I think it's in the. Uh, the oh, it's two, in the, the last. The last one. one. It's in. Is it in the two towers? A bit that they go in, and there's these the dead, the, the dead. What are they called again? I can't remember and it's uh, what's his name Aragorn yeah, the dead. gets them to come and scrap with them this is what they were whistling <laughs> maybe they, they, they do look like they love a bit of scrams to be fair oh aye could be screamo ghosts <laughs> screamo get some screamo ghosts screamo ghosts aye. aye so outstanding um, intro to an album tremendous so let's move on to song number two same shade as concrete Rejoice! Rejoice! I know a I'm kick us off. So, this I I think talking about this album will be will be different from talking about other um, other albums we spoke about on here. Funny because this is all about this band's all about the vocals, right? So you can't you can't just like speak a bit about the music and, and, and then there's a guy screaming in the background it's centred around the vocals and the vocals telling a story and I mean you've seen the size of those canvases I've got up in my in my house with all the lyrics to, to, to the Circle Takes a Square albums there's thousands of words in, in, in every album so it kicks off with Rejoice, Rejoice a Noble Birth and that's you you're, you're absolutely flying for the first 46 seconds of this song it is intense it's in your grill, it's it, it's unbelievable, and then you get a wee chance to breathe. Well, the, the, the first bit for me is like you 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 sneaking on sneak, sneak, sneak speak sneaking up on somebody to give them a mosh. Sit here, rejoice, rejoice, and their grill. It's like in their grill, just very bit. That's what it's like. But it's good. That sounds terrible, isn't it? They've been enjoyed just sneaking up on you for a mosh, but it is. Sneak, um, the sneak mosh. But do you think, so this bit here is a good opportunity to talk about what a lot of their bits are like. They're obviously, like the, the, the timings, the math, the, 
the mathematical timings of the riffs and the drums are crazy and I know they draw a lot of comparisons where like six, uh, 65 Days of Static and like Dillinger Escape Plan and stuff like that but it is a good example of like what that unpredictableness that then leads to the next kind of bit that's kind of satisfying is right away so at a minute 25 you're saying it gets to that bit but it's aye I mean that that, that that start for me you're, you, you get you get absolutely smashed in the face with it and you've gotten like less than a minute into this song you know that your your face is getting absolutely leathered in by this band and <laughs> you're I mean the, the, the first song in its um, entirety you probably know by the end of the by the end of same shade as concrete if you're going to like this band or no. Aye. So you're either going to like them and love them for the rest of your life, or you're just going to put <laughs> put them away and say, "Nah, fuck those moshers." Harsh <laughs> <laughs> man, that's pure. That is the two extremes. Apparently, there's no in between. You can't just think they're okay. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, but I do like the. I do love the the see the 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 first quiet bit the wee slidey. Yeah. It's almost Dan. like a pure reggae riff Aye, thing. but he says, shape or stop the music. Aye. Shape stop the music. Hold the heartstrings and chords. that confuse our history. With a disheartened chorus of a hymnal whose choir is the conviction of the stars. Aye, that's that bit's awesome. And the two vocals are like talking to each other right away. The, the one's responding to the other. Um, that's it again good right right away off the bat this is what this band are going to do with vocals we've got a lot see they're, they're quiet bits uh, there's some w- sort of weird bits in as well like there's one where it sounds like a sort of alarm going off and he's saying uh, stay tame soft river and it's like mm-hmm. aye um, there's a wee bit wee bit before that um, that I love the bit that kind of goes into the let the flood swell and then uh, the, the, the alarm bit there's a bit where it's heavy and he's strumming like quite frantically uh, really distorted and as he's strumming it gets faster but he comes clean yeah who yeah. does that I, I, that I, is wild aye and then it, and then, it's, then it sort of comes to the bit where it goes the let the build to the let the floods well but so it's heavy the, clean. The, the, the musicianship in this album is is ridiculous and, and, and when you see them live you can tell that they're all absolutely like unbelievable uh, on their instruments so the bit in this song for me is the you said um, the let the flood swell bit and come and fill your lungs even that just keeps building up come and fill your lungs it's, and then it's it's into the pure anthem straight away um, there's so much hope buried underneath there's so much hope buried underneath and it's like oh my god and Vinny you'd mentioned that siren so at the very end of the song there's a boom there is a mad scrams siren in my head that is alerting you to the fact that see if you've got this far into this album then that's you you're that's you. You're a big mosher scram. <laughs> You're a big. There's kid. no turning back for you. If you were in any doubt before now, if you were, you are now a mosher scrammer. You're a big. You're a big <laughs> creepy mosher scrammer. And see, just in this song, just as it comes to an end, though, even within this song. The song starts with a birth and ends with a death. A journey, mate. The it's a journey. Come and fill your lungs and then the, 
Jimmy, the journey. There we go. Anything else to say about that song? Nah, I think we've covered that, eh? So good. A lot to it. Right, okay, let's move on to song number three, Crowquill. Nothing so lucid as a promise of dreams, but this building doesn't just make me sleep. Dave, kick us off on this one. So I, I give you my, I'm just going to give you my thoughts, my unsolicited thoughts on what I think this song is about. This song is about writing and about, I think it's about like art through like, po- like it talk, talks about poetry in the song, but I think it's about the like writing and the, maybe the, I don't know how life's experienced through uh, text, poetry, um, prose, I don't know what else, but there's definitely a theme of like the, that written word, my dear, so let's have ourselves another poem. But also, kind of, the song is called Crowquill. Again, like what used to be used for writing. And uh, aye, there's just ton, there's just tons in it about writing. It used to be, what, going to explain Crow that? Crowquill. I don't know what that is. Yeah, crow's feather. feather that you... There you go, I know now. Right with. Educated. So there you go. Um, Do you think there's listening to this who didn't know what a Crowquill was? Surely not. And I, I'm the only guy who didn't know. Um, but I, I, maybe, <laughs> maybe that is is writing that. Maybe, maybe a wee bit more deeper. That is writing the escape for, like, I don't know, stuff like having a having a real bad time. That Dave, you've went deep straight off the bat right with away, us. mate. Um, so I read somewhere online that uh, I, I read somewhere online somebody somewhere. Um, posted something about this song being a suicide note. Mm. Now I don't know if it is or not, but it, it's funny if you frame it that way. So I, you're you're right. It kicks off with the most evil vocals right in your dish. And Drew, the, the guy Drew's got a, a a real like proper moshy minging metal voice <laughs> when he wants to. You're minging me. You're minging. Sorry, minging man. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many that's I mean, a compliment believe it or not don't 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 follow it with um, there are so many amazing vocal sections in this song for me it's just it's one of there's a bunch of Circle Takes a Square songs where there's um, the vocals are important all the way throughout but there's there, there's some where there's bits of music that you really really um, pick out is in it, but, but less so in this this is, this is all about the vocals this, this song um, that and it could be anything, right? But there's a there's a part in it about my genes didn't bless me with the foresight of a sage, but I know how this will end in apologies and ink on the page. See, as a, a a young emo scrams head, that is like the <laughs> an emo gangster. That is a, a, that. My God, man! When I first heard those lyrics, I thought, Jesus, that is just pure poetic and beautiful. And actually, it was just because what I was going through at that whatever particular moment and it's just stunning stunning my genes didn't bless me with the foresight of a saint but I know how this will end in apologies and egg on the page Fanny have you got a thought on this song? Um, I'd say I really like the part see what it says I don't stumble in anything but then the riff and the drums kind of stumble, which is like a good like musical cue going with the lyrics. Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought that was really cool on this 
song. I actually, I. I don't I like think that. I'd ever noticed that. I like the, I like that the, the vibe. It's It's a bit like a don't stumble into anything, and then drums like you can feel the the they're pulling like faces like pure. Biting their bottom lips and pure green. Looking at each other, you can't see who I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm looking through the screen at them, but I'm the last. It's, it's a horrible. Scrunching their nose up here. A horrible face. That is a horrible. For the face, listeners, man. we'll just say Dave's making a I'm horrible, making a horrible face. face here. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, it's disgusting, but it's it is nice. I do love the. I, I do love that. Um, this I, I was that was I was calling that chunny riff because they're sort of like Dun-dun. but it's no but there's actually a bigger chun big chun bit after that I know it's really good that I, I enjoy immensely after the um, after that bit we we're talking about there I, I, I love the big metal the big metal breakdown bit of there but it's like they're screaming uh, there are voices in harmony bit and it's like the riffs playing and then it's feedbacking my uh, scratching guitars. And- that riff is it that that riff's epic that leads up to that but man it's like it's unbelievable so what about the nothing so lurid as haiku de taunt that's so I was like what the fuck is haiku de taunt de taunt de taunt de taunt de taunt um, turns out, right? Turns out, it, I think it means roughly um, poetic takeover, which probably backs up your oh, claim. Haiku de tat. I thought you meant haiku de taunt. Haiku de tat. Do like you know the difference of those two things? No, I think it's a wee play on words, like a coup d'état. Uh-huh. A haiku d'état is a, but it's poetry. So poetic. a haiku d'état. Takeover and it's there's also a rap trio by that name. A haiku de ta. There you go. Maybe they maybe they're also mad scrammers. Well, you know they've got an, on that EP that sort of hidden track is a pure oh, yeah, rap so group. Ah, yeah, that's right. That. Really? It's a pure. Ah, I've never heard that man. So it's, like, so it's like um. So what is it? Is it I need? No, it's Houdini Logic on on the EP. Mm. So it's the music for Houdini Logic, and then there's like some. Rapper who's, right. who's rapping over it. Run the scrams. <laughs> Run the scrams. <laughs> um, and he. scrams clan. <laughs> anyway, he this this guy's rapping in, in time, but then the song changes so much that it completely completely fucks him up. Oh yeah. Oh, so you go haiku deta. Haiku deta, not detente. No deta deta. Education, education here. Any other thoughts on this song, Finny? Not for me, no. Will we move on to the? I just, just one more thing. I really remember, vividly remember, um, this at the Edinburgh show, at Studio Twenty Four. The the bit where they were ringing out and screaming our voices in in harmony, and like the the feedback was was wild, and it's a bit such a loose end. Aye. But it's awesome. So right, that's the only thing I want to add. Awesome. I've added it. Added it in there. So let's move on to song number four, In the Nervous Light of Sunday. Who wants to kick us off? 
off on this one. Whispers. Whispers invoke. <clears throat> this is a masterpiece, man. I thought you were going to do the whispers with me. Right. Because it's like two whispers. 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 Oh. Oh. That's a wee really bit cringy, isn't it? Run, yeah. It's well seen. We never I'm probably going to Specky Rodney for that. Ah, well, we'll, we'll remember, we've, we've not taken a pre or Specky Rodney this week. Oh, we're not allowed to, but you, what are you doing? You think you're playing it? Yeah, but you I'm editing it. it. No, I'm, I'm in control of the Specky Rodney. Did you give yourself any Specky Rodney last week? That's could, a fucking good show. A haiku de ta. Did you get yourself one? Aye. Almost. You better. But I'm going to count them on this one. Mate, I actually used to have specs. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's be clear on this. He had... We doing this now. I do. We do it sooner later. Finny, I remember Finny in primary school, and he used to have he used to have specs, but then I think he had to like was it one eye, one one eye was had better vision than the I, other. I had a lazy eye, so I had an eye patch, <laughs> and then big massive red yeah. fucking eighties glasses. And these big red like glasses, big aviators basically. <laughs> and they would come in. They would like be, there was like plaster stuck over one eye. So he was mean pi- screamo pirate man. I was a pirate, I was a screamo pirate before I even knew what screamo was. <laughs> Primary school screamo pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, man. Oh. Amazing. Um, so, I the one I... So, I've just cut it in here. I'm just cutting in here. No, Dave, you, you crack on. I've got I've get literally tons to say about this song. So, the, the last song I thought is obviously about um, text, prose, poetry, escape through that. And this is clearly all about we like tapestry weaving cloth fabric about as a as a type of art, and in the in the artwork you can see there is like things that are like kind of woven together. But there's loads of stuff talking about like um, um, he mentions tapestry. He mentions the like patchwork later on in the song, um, and I think like this, the 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 theme here would be about. Um, like I said, about fabric, about like tech. Tech weaving. About fabric? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? Is this guy Dick fucking. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, so. Is this fucking Versace? Uh, well, I mean, like, I mean, like, as a type of. of a, as a, like, a form of art. So it's quite medieval as well. Like, Dave, um, man. I would. But do you think there's a way that we can, like, after this is out on Spotify and whatever else, we can find out at which point people turned it off? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm well when he bet. started talking However, about weaving when Dave started talking about fabric <laughs> <laughs> no but he, he, he says later on he's talking about um, patch is it a patch and a quilt and then he's uh, also so saying like the picture was um, um, about the, the I don't know maybe it's the the labour of putting things like this together like a, an eternal patch and a quilt that hangs on a wall is what I'm saying so you know have you ever heard of the you ever heard of the Bayou Tapestry? You heard of the Bayou Tapestry? No, no. Vaguely. So this is the Cryu Tapestry. Oh my God, man. Oh my just, God. T- just turn that off. Just turn that there. <laughs> if you are still here. Just turn that off. I'll see you later. So the, the, that, is, that is pure stinking chat. Anyway. So I've, I've called this a masterpiece. I now hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing. I pure, love it. Pure hate it. Um, Do it. So they've uh, there's some amazing bits to this. Um, the, they've got this. Um, the bit it's compromise nothing but that which secures a 
comfortable life. There's a pure simple riff behind it. Da, 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 like a driving da, da, da. That is like so. See the EP, funny that that's what the the, the riffs are like. That on the EP, this is probably more uh, that this album's got much more sort of intricate so, music. But the, but but that bit's like bang on. That's an old Circle Takes a Square. So I'll admit, right, I'm not a big Circle Takes a Square fan. So was there like a sort of demo of this, split up with these some of these songs on it? No, no. So, 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 so it's not these songs. It just it really really sounds like that sort of riff from from the EP the, the EP's music's probably a bit more simple than right, I would right. say on, on, on this uh, and then you're into counting fingers counting our toes David Boy Aye, there's a there's a drum there's a wee drum breakdown at about a minute ten that's also pure amazing too I love that and it goes right into a bit that I love no, it's one of those things where there's a this riff of the dun, 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 the bit you were talking about before yeah. that kind of appears later on in the song. Like it, you keep thinking they're going to play it, you keep hitting that riff, that one note, and the next big chaotic bit, yeah. and it's like they're going to do it's, the riffs coming again, the riffs coming again, but it's no, they just keep it's I don't know, it's so well timed yeah. to keep you guessing about whether it's going to come back in to that one riff again, um, and then it. it I'm trying when it. I, I can't even tell you now whether it does come back any later on, but just even the tease of that. Oh, they're going to do the riff again. They're going yeah. to do the riff again, and then it, it prolongs and prolongs. Um, again, that it's predictable. It's not predictable. Is it going to go into the riff? Is it not? Um, and then it gets to the lovely. That's the thread that you. So, so there's a pure. So, so I think that um, Kathleen's got this pure amazing voice, man. And there's a about two minute twenty into this song. There's just like a, it's just her speaking. Like you've got this chaos for start to end all over this album, like madness, and then you've just got this woman just speaking in the midst of this chaos, and which from from that point moves into a weird sort of upbeat Aye. riff, um, and it just happy. builds and builds. But is this the eternal patch? Yeah, on the quilt dead hangs. This is see obviously that builds up, but it's, this has got the best scream on the album. Is that <laughs> all I ever wanted was a cl- clean aye, break? Aye. That's pure chilling, man. That what a riff, what a scream that is. How many people had that? As their Bebo or MySpace tagline, probably quite a few. <laughs> How many times did you so did you have it on all your social media? All my social media. I um, it's it, so that the bit that Finney's talking about is uh, three minutes twenty six seconds into into the song, and it's all I ever asked was for a clean break. And they, they they do it twice, and it's the second one where it's like I don't know if it's. Um, her voice or his voice but it completely breaks it's like it, it unbelie- it's like chilling it's, it's so good I, it's, want, I wanted more of that on this album I aye. wish they'd done it more because that is amazing you probably That's, couldn't do it too much without killing, killing your voice aye. but, but you're, you're dead right that was that was one of my 
Um, one of my things to say that, that that's my favourite favourite scream in any Scrams song. Oh really? Like, oh my that god! Like I, I, I would listen to it over and over again. But I like again. I like again even how it comes out of that bit where it comes out and it's, it turns into like a punk riff there, and it's almost like a pure driving riff. Um, again, quite. I don't know. It's not. It's not sad. It's quite upbeat. It's like a driving punk that comes out of that. There is a nice wee bit, and at the very end of it, that made me think about. Um, he mentions he mentions about his dad about his dad's favourite novel on the top of the pile, and then remembering of it, like his memory of a smile. I don't know his personal story. Um, like I, I you times I lost my dad. Like we've all lost our, our dads. Um, and I, I, that pure made me struck a wee struck a wee personal chord. I was like, Aye. I liked that wee bit, and then obviously the amazing, the amazing bit at the very end of that there. Group vocals screaming. So that's why I was saying at the start, like it, this album's changed what it means throughout my life based on what whatever's been happening. And that line, that whole bit of that song used to mean nothing to me. Uh, like I used to not even really care about it. And then all, all of a sudden it's pure shivers down the spine, tears down the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, am, a, a, amazing. And you're right, it, it, it ends with the, the, the group in the nervous light. And I remember... Seen them at Studio 24, which was in 2004, having never heard them before. And that's one of my lasting memories of that gig, was just this big group of scramsers shouting in this in the nervous light, nervous light of Sunday. Oh my God, man, it's... Some tune, Finny. Uh, what I'd like to say is, see the outro section of this song? I love the fact that it goes in to the next song. I love when bands do that. I think uh-huh. it's amazing. Uh-huh. And it's like, we've said before on this podcast that we love albums that run like seamlessly into the next song and like go together. We yeah. said it with Orchids, like a Caterpillar. Um, Black Wheat, probably not, but... Anyway, we've said we like it, and then this song definitely goes into the next song. Yeah. So yeah. We, we move on to the next song. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. For it. So the next song is song number five, Interview at the Ruins. I would like to start on this because if it hasn't been clear already, this album combines the two best things about uh, my two favourite interests, Scrams and History. <laughs> <laughs> right, what about pirates? They're part of history, mate. Dinosaurs. History. What about dogs? Uh, dinosaurs are history. That's prehistory. What about dogs? Eh, I was dogs are not, I suppose, but what are they? I don't know. Not They're not putting out any screamo albums, are they? He does he bark a lot. A dog's no good. He's got a good. He's got a good bark. A good bark. My dog's got a good bark. He could be a scrams vocalist. I'm not. That's not. That's not in any way. Denigrating any scrams vocalist. That's a, by the way, that's part. a dog for anyone listening in America. <laughs> a dog. <laughs> I know, I know. He's not buried. <laughs> uh, so why there's a there's a, a lot. <laughs> Obviously, it's the, the song is called "Interview at the Ruins," and it starts. It ha- even has in the middle of it an interview at the ruins as a sample. It's clearly meant to be like a, an interview at some kind of ruins. Um, 
but I think that from the song here, like that sounds like starts off sounds like an exca- an excavation. We bit no, I think the very start you can sort of hear like. Do you know what I think it sounds like? Yeah. It sounds like you've got a big bucket of Lego, <laughs> and you're looking for your favourite bits. Don't ruin it. You're for like, me, where's that fucking wee guy with the hat on? Don't. I want to put him in the. I want to put him in the house. I've got I've got two theories about that. that don't start ruin it day. for me. So I don't want to ruin it for you, but so there is. It starts with that creepy picking bit, and then uh. there's like a a sample, and it's so potentially it's a pirate. <laughs> Mate, it says interview at the ruins. Can you just let me? No, carry on. You sure? You can ruin this for me, man. Absolutely. Dave's heart's broken here. <laughs> it's potentially a pirate who's just found a treasure and he's rummaging about in, in the treasure chest. <laughs> a bad screamo pirate. Like, oh, gold coins. Oh, oh, <laughs> hello. Or perhaps... More likely, it's it's a guy who's rummaging through a mad bones and skulls and <laughs> something. Also, could be a pirate. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely prove he's wrong, right? I'm determined to prove you wrong with this. Go. So later on, it actually talks about uh, two things in the song. Um, hold on a wee second. It talks about. I can't even read my own notes. <laughs> Can we just tell the listeners that Dave's got the worst handwriting <laughs> that he can't even read his own notes? He's just staring, uh, so, staring blankly at an A4 page. Uh, no, wait, hang on. Is this not, is, this talks about Thebes. Oh my God, man. man and, that's uh, a totally different song, mate. Oh no, hang on, mate. I'm talking nonsense then. Well, anyway, I, I, later on there's, there's a bit, there's a theme about this, about history. But I do think it's called, it's called Interview at the Ruins. And then, um, aye, so, the, the passing of time, what, what, time will, what time will do... The song kind of the, the theme of the song is about like things just fading or disappearing or dying over time. I think, um, no think demise, uh, and then, but I think obviously the the so the and the fact that it's called interview at the ruins. That is, does it mean like ruins of what? Does it mean like historical ruins? Is it ruins of something? Is it? So I would say this song has got. Um, one of the most mosh lines in the whole world. So it's right at the start. I love the I, I love the start of this song. It's it's amazing the way it, 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 you get past the sample. Then it just comes straight in full band. I love the drums. Everything's going and the drums it's amazing. put the people in that hollow box they crafted. Bolt the doors and watch them perish. Oh my god, man! Like, Aye. how much of a mosher do you want to be? I want to be a big fat mosher. Well, there you go. Listen to a song. You can be a big fat mosher like me. So I've got, a, I've got a theory what this song's You're about. So I think it's about what you were saying. It might be like a historical site where they found all these people in a mass grave. I think it's it's sort of hinting at all these people were forced to build this big coffin. They were locked in it and then buried in it. And then they died. That then, is that is dark, man. But I think, but so that that thing could just be time. The thing that are locked in is time. 
Like I think the ah. but things I, I, I was kind of getting maybe mixed up earlier on, but this for, uh, de- definitely that thing about things dying, the passing of time, they wither, they fade away. Like that thing about the the petals will wither without success or failure. It just means that like time will inev- like inevitably wear everything down, and um, that's unavoidable kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like the again, like the, the whole fact that it's called interview the ruins as well. The ruin everything gets ruined over time. Nothing, not, like literally nothing lasts forever. Um, but the but this song is I would I'd say is one of the strongest on the albums musically yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. Man, the build up like you said the drums and the build up, um, especially when the two guitars are like the picky bit at the start. There. Uh, and There's then, also piano in this song as well. Yeah, yeah. Aye, so so see that bit in the piano, the bit that it's building up. The best for me, the best bit of the song is the bit where the drums bring you in and that satisfying like that bit. Aye, does that no song make you actually want to jab a cloud? Like you're on top of a mountain jabbing a cloud. Cloud jabbing. That's, that's different to finger pointing. That is. I think a finger point would cut it. You can't wag a finger at this song. You can't wag. Can, can you can you wag a finger at a cloud? You can jab a cloud straight through the. I need straight through. Needs the a kidneys, full fist <laughs> A whole cloud through the kit, the cloud kidneys. So the so you're right, funny the the piano in this song. So there's a bit. It's just kind of piano and drums, and then my my favourite line in it is um, to stand so tall when in fact in ruins it's just like oh my god man how many points in my life have I jammed this record on and got to that bit in this song and went fucking hell that is that that's is a really good line isn't it? absolutely stunning and it obviously it obviously ends with the um, as the roots undo vocals which is and in, in, you end up with just the drums and the vocals and Aye. what a what a song man but the so the the bit to the build up to the big massive explosion, then it sort of breaks down, and you sort of hear like the the sample and it start it kind of starts up and over again, like the whole bit end of that bit is the song starts off quite somber, like time's passing, it's killing everything, like you know what I mean, everything passes over time, but the very end of it is is like triumphant, like the when it. It starts off again and it starts like the whole bit builds up and builds up and then you hear the one guitar on it so and then the other one comes in over it the I don't know how good that that riff was you just done there. <laughs> but basically, like the so the song finishes, and basically, is the way I see it, they're on they're on top of a mountain, uh, and they've actually defeated time, and they're like, <laughs> but absolutely like on top of the mountain, they defeated time, and then they're on top bringing the ruins back to life. That's how good that bit of the end is there. The scream, the screamo gods have brought. Do you think if the ruins back to life? Jake, if you were in if you were in Circle Takes a Square and you listened to this, you would feel triumphant. 
that does that. A wee guy in Cumbernauld thinks that you've defeated time. That think you've you become punched fuck out a cloud. Battered a cloud and defeated time. I think you'd be contacting the solicitors. <laughs> Screamo solicitors. <laughs> Ex- experts in... Screamo claims for you. <laughs> Had your lyrics absolutely misinterpreted. Someone butchered your tunes and riffs. Call seven four one seven 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 seven. We'll get the seven pound back they paid for your LP back in two thousand and four. Right, shall we move on to the next song? Do it, funny. Right. Okay, let's move on to the next song. Song number six, non-objective portrait of karma. Tam, kick us off. Well. This is one of my favourite songs on the album, on the basis, and I mean, even if the rest of this song was rubbish, it starts with an Ebo, and Thomas Patterson <laughs> loves an Ebo to the extent that I would, um, I would... You have seen this live, can you confirm that an Ebo was used? No, I can't, I can't confirm. So, I remember, at least on one occasion, they missed out the entire... Wah, wah, wah. And he, they basically joined it straight in at the picky bit when the guitar comes in. It takes a real, really, really class musician <laughs> to be, to pull off an Ebo in a live setting. As long as the guitar's in tune. Have you heard any? Heard any? Heard of any <laughs> cracking musicians that can play with an Ebo? I damage you plays with an Ebo, didn't he? <laughs> I Santa Casario, they use an Ebo. Well, explosions in the sky. Ebo scumbags, man. Scumbags, <laughs> lotties. <laughs> so I um, non-objective portrait of karma kicks off with this pure, beautiful soundscape. This song's more—it's like six and a half minutes long, and you don't hear any vocals in this song until more than three minutes in. do hear vocals in this song it's just whispers which I, I, I mean we've we've said already how important the vocals are to this band but in this song that three minutes in you've got whispers which goes to a sort of shaky voice which goes to just talking which goes to shouting which goes to goes to screaming um i crack and start to the song Awesome. The the start to this, um, obviously you you'll love the sort of like creepy creepy build up. It's slow, and it's um, there's bits that when the guitar actually comes in, see when see when the riff starts picking, it's almost as if like even the way he's strumming it is is laboured, like it's like dun dun dun. See just the time that they're taking to like not just. I don't know, like this, like the signature or something on that. The way that he's picking it is like so dramatic or something. Mm-hmm. 
just adds to the the suspense when it eventually gets to the that stops and the vocals kind of start man. it's it's um and i would also say this is a, another one where although this riff doesn't really appear anywhere else in the song I, i've always listened to this feeling like i've heard bits of the riff previously in the album at this point you're going has this been in it i always think is this been in it this has been in it before i think i think i've heard this riff as picky bit they've done something like this in it before hidden away which is which is like another part of that threading thing. I actually don't think they do play this riff anywhere else in the song. Nah, I don't think so. But it gives that, but it does give that impression that it, it does. Um, but this, I just, this must be their like. Um, there's comparisons to post rock bands, and in, in this, the first three minutes of this this song is a bit. It's a like post rocky in it for me. Aye, it builds up amazingly. I just love the but the build up of this song is maybe for me maybe the highlight of the album oh really possibly I I wouldn't say it's probably my it's not my favourite song on the album but I think this section Uh is probably my favourite section on the album I've not said anything about (laughs) it but you've eliminated one exactly aye well we're not playing guess who (laughs) (laughs) scrams guess who line up all the tunes does it have <laughs> does it have a proper beat down in group vox? No, flick two down. <laughs> <laughs> so we get um so we get halfway through this song before before you hear any any vocals and then it just comes in and it paints this amazing amazing picture. I love the end of this song. There's there's a bunch of <clears throat> there's a bunch of lyrics in it that that I really, really love. The, my favourite one though. Um, that I thought I would share is so I chose to live this life alone without the teeth marks but I predict I'll have to sink my fangs into someone else's heart to heal my own have you ever heard of a more vampire <laughs> mosh <laughs> dream line and I, I'm saying that like I'm not I'm not ripping the piss out of that bloody I'll absolutely love that section of the song but it is dark and it it's really really dark uh, it's really emo it's really I don't know vampire-y I, in, in a bit like it is a, it's, it's got a lot about death this is this is the first song on it that I think properly is a I would say oh, it's about this is a kind of suicide song it's a song about suicide talks about this is back for the sake of itself to turn to take of its self turn the knife on its skin. No, wait, the other way about. Turn the knife. Turn the knife on itself. Sake of its skin, turn the knife on itself. Kind of thing like to save itself, it has to die and then be reborn. So it's kind of about death. See the see the build up bit though. Like the build up bit makes me think. See when it's stopping and it's like that. Those vocals start. Those like kind of yeah. talking vocals and they build yeah, yeah. to a scream. It's like walking through like a tunnel and you know that there's something gonna you know it's gonna there's something gonna jump out of you you have to walk and you gather pace and walk quickly until eventually when it goes and then explodes and that's when the person jumps out on you. Do you know what when you started saying that, like walking through a tunnel knowing something's gonna jump out on you. So it's not a tunnel, but do you know what I thought of instinctively? The pipey. Not the pipey. Resident Evil. Mind that bit in Resident Evil where like you're just walking through a bit and a dog jumps through the windy. Oh my <laughs> fucking god. 
Aye. That's aye, what, aye. Resident Evil 1. You know it's coming. Aye. You know there's something coming. I remember playing that in Barry's house. Like, uh, the very first time I played Resident Evil, I was too scared to play it after that. Like, she knew there's this dog coming. Um, that's by the byro. Nobody cares about Resident Evil. Well, or is Barry's. that like vampires and that? I guess it's quite fair. <laughs> <laughs> vampires. Nah, it's actually zombies and Vampires and that, man. Vampires and that, man. Any thoughts on the rest of this song, Finny? No, I'm good, I'm good with the vampires, man. <laughs> good with the vampires. And right. lots, lots happens in this. The bass carries his song all the way to the, all the way to the end, and then there's a wee choir bit. I, I love the I love the fact that there's that there's a few more bits in this song that I adore, adore. Um, the rap, see the riff where he's shouting this, this portrait of karma. Uh-huh. Is there a more specky Rodney thing to have everybody in the room shouting? Because there's no way they're playing that and you're not going, This portrait of karma! <laughs> now I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody shouting, This portrait of karma. It's like, that is. I'm not, I'm not claiming a specky Rodney, but I think it's impressive that you can put that line in there and know that everybody's shouting. That's the words that they're shouting. I don't think they knew about Specky Rodney no. when they wrote this album. Otherwise, they may not have wrote it. Maybe they would have made it more Specky Rodney just for the challenge. Okay, and unless like Circle Takes the Square are just like on a massive dare to each other, like what can we make these idiots shout at a gig? <laughs> can we make a hundred people shout in the nervous light of Sunday? Yes, tick. tick. <laughs> yes, we can do it. What we other, have done it. What other shout can we make them? We've make them shout. <laughs> what can they do? Um, but there's a bit, there's an awesome bit as well about, it's about five minutes, where the drums and guitar become like really bouncy, and they're going, and it's like a bizarre, do you know what I'm talking about? The, that, the, the bit where it goes a drop of blood to let them in, yeah. kind of thing, and the drums up here going like, it's a weird, like really, almost like a happy bit. But it's clearly about like blood sacrifices and ghosts, and um, then it finishes with like a really gothic choir. But saying this, that this song's about some sort of betrayal, I think. This mm. is my take on this song. Well, like when you said you're fucking hero too soon the other week. A bit. <laughs> that was a betrayal. <laughs> a betrayed very by ruining. <laughs> Ruining his feature on the Scraps Jams <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but I, so. I think there should be a blood sacrifice for that. I think there should be. Get the knife suit. Get the knife suit. There's enough pirates and. Stabby bits. Stabby nah, bits here. Nah, 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 nah. So, non objective portrait of karma. Absolute tune. Banger. Straight up banger. Tremendous. Okay, so let's move on to the next song. Kill the switch. Well, I made a I made a, a slight error earlier on, but this this song combines my two uh, loves, I think. So the theme, the overall theme of this song, in my eyes, is painting and art through like um, I don't know, like visual art. I don't know whether it's photography, but definitely like painting. Or it mentions oil painting stuff like that as well. And it actually makes specific reference to a 
a very famous uh, painting that maybe we'll talk about later on. But like, there's so much, there's so so much cool stuff, or so much history in this song, like um, ancient, modern. So it's like, obviously, I'm a, I'm a massive history nerd. So it has like history and scrams rolled into one, um, and it mentions the two of them repeatedly over and over again. Um, the start is is amazing. A lot of drums at the very start of it, and it's hitting like two notes. It keeps like hitting and randomly and over and over again. That kind of like chaos of for a, basically for about a minute, fifteen seconds, it is absolute utter madness. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's difficult to get a handle on what's going on in this song. This song is um, almost ten minutes long. This could be like actually could be a release on its own. <laughs> I know. This could just be they, they could just put this this song out because it's a there's absolutely so much to it um, so I Dave you, you're obviously talking about the, the, the repeated references to Amarat David Amarat David oh. um, and luckily we've got a history teacher here that can <laughs> that can take us through the the ins and outs of, of what that means but <clears throat> just on the song itself man it's it's unbelievable so it's just uh, symbols at the start then straight in Full band, like I, I, like you say, the first minute and a bit is just unbelievable. Like everything, everyone at full pelt for 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 more than a minute, and then aye takes a turn on it. It does that. It does that strummy bit. nice kind of wee strummy bit after a bit like a minute, aye, minute aye. ten minutes yeah, yeah. and it's almost like that wee bit there's nothing really much happening other than the strum and that wee bit is just a bit like right you just take a wee rest here by the way take take a wee like five seconds because see for seven minutes aye. afterwards gonna blast you're going to absolutely destroyed I'm going to pound your brains in and your heart in <laughs> with, your, with emotions you're, you're getting nailed and emotions um, all the way through this, but my favourite, um, my favourite bit of lyric in the in the first part of the song is um, the image is clear. A tower is built of my own pride. I cry in the shade that it offers, the only shelter I've known. Like it's fucking mind blowing. Like how how good this guy can. <laughs> how how like do you know what I don't? This guy can write. Put words on a page and paint a picture that is like fucking unbelievable to me, and that sounds like a pure fanboy thing to say because, but it, it, it is true, and that is that is an absolute uh, belter of a lyric. Uh, and I think like more than any other song, right? Again, musicianship and everything else. Like what what's getting played here, both bass and guitar, and the strength of the vocals as well. There's a lot. There's a lot of music in this. I don't mean there's a lot of music. There's a lot of music. There's a lot of vocals. There's a lot of lyrics in this song, and I can't. I honestly cannot. I cannot fathom the the talent. I think that's maybe the first time I've ever used the word talent on here. But generally, I mean it like the 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 skill to write and then actually be able to play these songs live Aye. which we have seen them do it's unbelievable man it's in the, in the just the, the first 
this whole this song I'm saying like all of it this song is the one that they I think they excel even more than they have done they, they excel beyond what they've done before in Kill the Switch true very keen to get your, your take on this song but you mentioned there's there's lots of music and there's lots of words in this song this song the, the vocals in this song 981 words that is fucking out, lot to take that is outrageous that's like that's like a high school essay 981 words is a, is a lot for one song that was a seminar paper remember you used to do seminar papers ah patch that man I think I like the last section the best, which is I think it was his kill the switch. This night, this night our journey through the dark, kill the switch. Welcome yeah. a comatose. Tonight we journey through the darkness as in sorrow. So shall we weep, and re- as in reason, so shall we sleep. Ah, it's awesome man, awesome. It, 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 it paints a paints a picture, and this song actually is about painting pictures. And it, um, the, the, there's a wee bit in David. I think we should talk. We should we should talk a wee bit about the Marat David. Mm-hmm. Um, but but two minutes fifty four seconds into this song, there is an intake of breath. Like and it, it blows my mind that you would think you're writing this amazing song with all this like heavy guitars, quiet guitars, screaming, shouting, singing, and then for a section of it you think I'm just going to breathe in and that's going to be a bit of the song but it provides this amazing contrast and it it, 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 it blows us away after that it's, it's just a bit before the empty sidewalk silent streets line <gasps> is that when the riff, the riff starts to get really pronounced gradually over and over and over again after that just before that madness madness um, so I like I, may, I think I said about the song about representing like painting about the art of painting, but I think it's more specifically I think it's about how like painting can capture like a moment in time or something, and and sometimes like that that moment in time can then be interpreted in lots of like different ways. So the, the I see. Song, can I just say that sounded really clever what you said there? Thank that you. That re- that really did sound brilliant, Dave. I'm pleased that you're. I'm pleased you're on this podcast. <laughs> you do what he says to me, my half mate, man. It's horrendous. Um, so, like the the fact that a painting can like can sometimes can capture a moment in time, but then sometimes that can be like totally misrepresented. Uh, and it talks about Mara uh, or David's Mara painting or, the, or whatever it's called, Mara, but it's obviously the assassination of Mara of um, uh, Jean Paul Mara. Again, like, cannot tell you how much this song is the combination of the two favourite things, favourite hobbies, scrams and history. Um, Specifically French Revolution. Specifically French Revolution. So when I had this record, when I first discovered this record, I was was at, at uni and I was like, my special topic was French Revolution and I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed with like a specific phase of the French Revolution and that was like the post a seventeen ninety one into ninety three phase of the revolution and like so there's a this Mara who the the painting they mention they talk about like um Amara David but it's, it's obviously talking about um da, uh, Jacques Louis David's painting who was like a, re- a revolutionary painter for the Re- French Republic. And this guy Mara he's painted 
Uh, there's a famous painting of him that he did after his assassination where he's sort of lying in his bathtub and he's... It's minging, and isn't it? It is minging. Um, so he has actually, like, if you look at the painting, it was a pure nice painting and it obviously paints him into this image of like martyrdom. Um, and actually it re- references the, for such a soapbox to die behind, like actually like he uh, came out, he, he was a voice of the of like the French Revolution, he was one of the leading voices of the French Revolution. Uh, and the painting... Is is this symbolic representation of a of like a hero's death, uh, and he was assassinated and he was he was bathing at the time, so he's sort of vulnerable. You've got the, the, the pens in his hand, and the and the paper that he was writing sort of falling out, um, and it is like a hero's death. His throat's cut in it. He's always oh, he gets stabbed. He gets stabbed in the I'm sure it's in the, the chest. chest or or something, something, is it? Yeah, so he's yeah. bleeding, um, and he was assassinated. So like. Obviously, this you would look at the painting, you would think, God, what a, what a hero's death in the way it's captured, and that's like kind of what Jacques Louis David wanted to portray was the fact that he was a hero. But actually, like Jean Paul Marat was horrific. He was an like in terms of history, he was responsible for so much unneedless death. I would describe him as being the original keyboard gangster. Or the keyboard warrior. <laughs> that phrase keep keyboard gangster. Keyboard warrior where So what years what years that? Seventeen something? Seventy so seven he was active right he active writing for like the seventy late seventeen eighties and the seventeen nineties so, up until his assassination. So he's like the um that era's Stephen John Carlin? Yes, Paco Mari. Paco Mari, keyboard gangster. Yes, keyboard, number one. Ga- keyboard warrior. But um so like he he wrote he, he wrote in a in a Paris journal called The People's Friend. He was a Republican, and he was in like the two Cordelia Club, Jacobin Club, whatever. But he was, he basically like wrote and wrote in art and journals, but in called for people's mass executions. He was pretty much one of the leading people that led to like the terror, the the, the during the French Revolution. He would call for people to have be like strung up on like street corners and above the street lights and stuff like that. Um, and he was also he sat on eventually sat on what's called the like the. Um, the committee of surveillance, which is like, like effectively like the 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 first not the first but the French Revolution Stasi. The Stasi, yeah. And uh, like again, like it just through sheer force of word about like this is how he wanted things to be, like a terrible, a terrible figure, a terrible human being. Uh, a bit like like I said, and this idea that soapbox, he had a lot to say. Um, so is. It almost like that he died. Even I don't know whether they meant that to say like the soapbox to die behind. He didn't die on a soapbox. He died behind. His message rang out after his death, and he became a hero. But we we don't look at these. We don't look at no. certainly. I don't look at him now in any kind of positive light. He was a a terrible, so, awful. Right. So influence. so so collectively, then the Scrams Jams podcast isn't having him, but no for him. I'm no for Jean Paul Marat. No. See, see, to be honest, Dave, in, in situations like this, I'll, I'll just, I'll take your lead. What about you, Finny? Are we having him? No, we're not having him, but I'm glad we've got Dave to figure out who this guy is. That's that's <laughs> unbelievable. I hope we've educated some people on French revolutionary history. Yeah, but, but see, just on that, Finny, how many times have you been in a, a pub or a nightclub with Dave and he's, he's, <laughs> oh, he's, he's giving you this chat in your ear, man, and you're like, oh my God. Aye, I'll just tell a quick story about... Aye. We were on a, a stag do for one of our mates in Berlin and David arranged a, a day out. So we were obviously out the night before getting absolutely drunk. Woke up the next day so hungover. And Dave's like, come on, let's go. Where, where are we going? 
Right, we're going to a Stasi prison. Stasi oh prison. God, I mean, so there was what about maybe what twelve years or something like that walking around this prison, so hungover and it's the most depressing place in the world, man. It was brutal. I did. I, I, I make no apologies for that. I had a great time at the Stasi prison. You regret nothing. You nearly ruined it for me. Just one more thing about that. There's two lines that that I think support what I was saying there about the fact that. Like, um, do you know what I mean about that martyrdom and about like a, a, a painted image can capture something? That sometimes that's not actually what's happening. There's two lines. One is as in sorrow, so shall ye reap. So actually, that whole idea of like martyrdom, like through death, so shall ye reap. Like, I guess that that was where your reputation would be built. And there's another one. It just says a, a facade so rich. Um, but evil is it? But evil history. But again, a facade so rich. But evil history. That, that's that sums up. So there's a, a couple, couple of bits on this um, that stick out for me. So the somewhere out there, there's a thrill. I swear, it, it, that is screamed like unbelievably. What a what a line. There's another bit that I've always laughed at at this song, Finny, and it's a. Uh, Red's a four-letter word, so we've got. <laughs> so, right, so, okay. uh, so, so we know, um, we know a, a a girl who was a pop star in Scotland for for a, a short period of time, <laughs> and and her 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 stage name was Red Dida, so it was <laughs> it was Red with two D's. So every time I hear that line in this song, Red's a four-letter word, I think of Puddle of Mud Dida. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think of um, I think of Red did I love the punk bit. I know I know we're going on about music music that here, but like the song is a bit. It's kind of what the, po- the podcast is all about. <laughs> I know, but the punk bit, man. See the punk bit after the and it, there's a, there's a wee punky riff after it just kind of talks about so shall you reap and it mm-hmm. sort of like gets fast on that again. Um, absolute madness for a while, but then <laughs> but then there's a bit where like. Now we in the middle of a we sign fell but I Who's who's coming up with that, no man? Who's who is coming up with that? I no, it goes. That's what it does. So it's like choo 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 ha ha. So it's like ha ha train face choo 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 ha ha. Thomas right. the Tank Engine, Thomas. yes, that is. Yeah, we smiley tadger. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anything else? I mean, there's that, that's, that's so much song, man. T- ten minutes, ten minutes. So we'll, we'll maybe move on. Life is lowly, lowly anonymity in the space of a smile. Right, on you go. Right, okay, let's move on to the next song. So it's the final song, and it's A Crater to Coffin. Tam, kick us off. Crater to Coffin, last song on the album, um, eight minutes long, 
this song kicks off playing the same riff that was whistled in the intro, which just brings the whole thing together. And in case you didn't know, by this point you're on you're on a journey um, with Circle Takes the Square. And I mean, you, for the first minute of the song, it's basically just um, this: the, the guitar, a wee bit of bass comes in. There's a wee bit of a symbol. It's a long song, and there's something about that repetition. Like, see, not been scared. I think we've said this before about other bands. See, not been scared to repeat bits that are good. They obviously know this riff is is absolute dynamite. Like, it it, it is amazing. So they've done it at the start, they've fired it in here, and, and, and we're away. There's a four-minute intro um, to this song. I think this song is about after the point of dying and looking back on on what is what has happened, um, be that good or be that bad. We'll see that, and, and you said about they, they obviously know this riff is the boy. It's also the bit that they sing, this riff is the as a root sun do, and that's obviously what the album was called. So almost like the roots go, the roots are the thing that sort of like permeate everything throughout Aye. the entire song. And actually, link. even in the artwork, so you can see the roots going through everything. Aye, I think the roots link the album. And this is obviously the song that holds it all together. Because it starts the album, and there's obviously hints of it throughout, and then it comes in as the last song. Aye, it's the, aye and the, the, aye, the, the picky bit. Um, I like the bit that. So you said you love the drums in the other one. I love the drums in this song. I think they're they're at their best in this one because they're aye. similar to like I guess similar to interview at the uh, interview at the runes because they're the way the drum like obviously the the intro to this song. Is like three minutes of the creepy riff that's at the start, Aye. and then the way the drums take it from that, kind of stutters for a while, and then just builds in it, man. It's it's awesome. I just love that. Even the, even the picky bit, they're picking the riff, and the drums are going. They're just like gliding. Actually, for for how absolutely mad the entire album is, it bits "Kill the Switch" is eight or nine minutes of madness. Yeah, um, and then this song starts off with this like gliding drums. I just love that whole like that bit where you it's resolved itself at the start. It's so satisfying to know that you're just going to enjoy this musical bit before. Do, do you think, do you think this is po- like at the start of this? Would you describe this as post rock? Nah, I, I tell you what though, I, I I would have at one point because I think um, for a while, I think for a while like your sensibility is to imagine that music is something that comes with vocals, and actually like music songs come with vocals as a singer, and I, and, and my thinking when I first started listening to screamo and bands like this, um, that if it didn't, if it was music without vocals. For long periods of time, you thought that then was it was post, post rock, right? But actually, the more, the more kind of I guess I don't want it to sound pure like eh, um, snooty, but the more mature you get in the music that you listen to, you realise that 
actually not everything not everything without vocals is post rock right. post rock's a specific thing that this is just a pure lovely passage there's actually bits in this where the guitars are doing the work that vocals would do right. and I think this is this is one of the bits I think that as well I think I think Drew's um, the, the vocalist when he's he has these big periods and songs where he's no singing I think he this might be a like totally miles away from the truth right but I think he entertains himself by playing a melody that could be like he could probably sing along to it like he's probably he's probably got the words to that if he wanted to sing it but he just like no this is a bit with no vocals so I'm just going to play yeah. it on the guitar there's a wee bit of like I'm saying everything that I need to say in my guitar here I am a f- the, the the talent in this band is absolutely oozing out by this by this point. I've got I've got one one bit of vocals to talk about, but it comes towards the end of the song. So I don't know if anybody else is getting to say about the first half yet. Um, oh sorry, five thing. Um, yeah, the the wee bit about like the I think this is a good example. Maybe talk about this later. On, but this is a good example of how. I sort of feel in this song the guitars are a wee bit louder in the mix throughout the entire song than they are in the rest of the album, which actually I think I don't want I don't want to sound like this is a criticism in any way, but I, I think the guitars should be a bit louder in the mix. Here they are loud in the mix, and there's a bit where the, again the two guitars are intertwining. They're loud. They're they're the ones that drive the song forward. I would have, I would maybe like to see more guitar in the mix for the entire song, right. but I guess that again that this is the climax of the album, so that's probably why they're why they're loud. Yeah. Four minutes of instrumental here. Aye. Um, it, it's it's something else. Um, so to the bit for me, and it it's quite close to the end of the the end of this song, <clears throat> a passage, and it's like, O moon, thou pluckest me out, O moon. Who have sat by Thebes below the wall and walked amongst the lowest of the dead. There's loads of things to say on that. Thebes is a city in Greece, important in Greek mythology. That line though, about um sat by Thebes below the wall is in a T.S. Eliot poem. Thebes? Which I um, I have I only discovered in, in, in preparation for this. Mm. It just adds all these wee bits. Like, see, see, the more you look at this band and the more you kind of look at the lyrics and think, this is, like, he must have put fucking hours and hours and hours into this. Well, it also talks about Carthage. So the, these are two, like, ancient legendary mythical cities that are now ruins or, or actually there's nothing they think they've found like they know where Carthage is they know where Thebes is there's no but effectively does that does that represent things that were that now are not like the whole like death and life thing it talks about I know he mentions Thebes in that yeah. poem yeah. but like these two places are being picked specifically Um <laughs> I love the bit when the instrumental stops and the drums you mentioned the drums finish right and the drums stop and there's drums it's just the drums on their own for a bit aye aye it's like a sc- screamo square go it's like a screamo square go dun, 
and he's he's looking back. I think this is about looking back on a on a part of his life or the of the totality of his life, um, having been stabbed by a screamo pirate. And then and there is Dave's a, ex- the stabby riff that stabbed him. Dave's excited. Dave got really louder and that animated. See the bit where it's like because <laughs> <laughs> it's swords. So this is the medieval knight. He's been stabbed to death by the riff. That comes in at five fifty. The bit dun 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 the burnings. The bit in the good that was going dun 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 that's him getting he's been the talking the medieval sword. Are we going back to we talk we talk talking about stabby guys? <laughs> stabby there. Are we going back to the um Stab, the, 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 the streets of age guy? Oh no, this is I think this is more Golden the burning. Axe. This is more golden axe. 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 Check it out, stabby riff. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> the burning. The tongue. Oh, so it's the tongue. of the web. Stabby riff. This is that's what's killed him, and now he's a, and now he's an old medieval knight reflecting on, on his life. And we get to we get towards the end of the song, and um, the vocals about perfectly imperfect, like the storm. Can I ask you a wee question first? Ask me a question. Can I ask you the burning question? What do you deserve? What do you deserve? The burning question! What do you deserve? The gazing! What do you deserve? I deserve fucking nothing, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> he's been listening to this album too much this week, man. He's, he's getting... He's, he's, he's no self-worth. No self Have you learned nothing? Yeah. It's the experience. <laughs> what do you deserve? I deserve scrams every day. Yeah. In my grill. Have scrams every day. And you know for that, you deserve a finger point in your direction. Yes. I'm finger pointing in his direction. So there you go. Right, so anything else to say on this song before we finish up on the album? Um, I, I just think we should, to, to the very end of um, Creator to Coffin is... Again, the riff that starts the album. So it's this takes you for the, the very first. Which is amazing. The very Love first it. thing you hear on the album and the very last thing you hear on the album is the same. And uh, I can't speak highly enough for how the musicianship and how this album has made me feel at different points in my life. Absolute tremendous.
Okay, so we've talked about the album now, so let's uh, talk about the times we've seen them live. So I, I personally have not seen them live, but Dave and Tam have. So, Dave and Tam, let's talk about the, f- the first time you've seen them live. What was the first gig you've seen them live? Um, okay, so, so 2004, um, Circle Takes the Square came to Scotland. They played in Edinburgh in Studio 24. Um, I think it was called Dead Hands that put it on. Um, so Graham and Kay and all, all those folk. So this was my first time first time seeing them. I had never heard the album before that. Studio 24, just to paint a picture, was like in, it was like a sort of railway arch, wasn't it? Um, Aye. So a big, massive, a big, massive space. Um, they played on one floor. There was no stage. As you would you would expect for a DIY show at at that time, um, I loved it. I've got a few memories for it, and I've I've already said a couple of um, a couple of things throughout talking about the songs. Where I remember the I remember the shouty bits, but uh, stunning. And it what one thing that struck me about that gig, apart from how sweaty it was, was. Um, how much noise? I think they actually. I don't know if they actually even had four four members with them at that point. I think it was maybe just the three of them, Aye, and it sounded absolutely massive. That um that room as well. If anybody's ever been to a, a gig in Studio Twenty Four, there is like there's two setups. There's one setup where you walk in uh, from the back, and they had a stage, but none of the none of the DIY shows ever played on the stage. They played. They set up the distros on the back. And they played on the, they played floor. on the floor, yeah. um, and you're right. It was a summer. It was big, dead, dead sweaty gig. But the sound, the sound on the stage, whenever bands played on the stage, was terrible. The sound on the ground was always uh, outstanding. I remember so many bands. We've seen like quite a lot of really decent bands playing on the floor, yeah. um, uh, and including the pine. That's right. Um, There's a, there is actually a video for this gig on on, on YouTube, but it, it doesn't last long. Um, I can't remember what what song it is, and it's just it's madness. It's just a bunch of it's a bunch of basically steaming uh, Scottish screamo kids pointing fingers. Um, Stevie Boy right in the middle of it, causing a ruckus. Do you want to remember? Do you know, like so, seeing uh, seeing them live for the first time, you I remembered you listening to the record, and there's so much going on. Um, I can recall it kind of coming in, but my Lacoyette record did the distro buys. You could just leave all your stuff lying about on the stage and nobody would, uh-huh. would lift it. Um, but I remember them kind of coming out or coming out of the, the back of their tour van and there was only three of them. And I, I really remember thinking, like being disappointed that there was only three of them. Because you know that way sometimes you see... I, w- I just thought how how are they going to do how are they going to do this with Aye, three of them and I remember being like quite I'm not disappointed at the, seeing them but I remember just thinking my expectations ul- like ultimately went away down and then they started <laughs> it was like it was they were they were so loud they were so full like they filled out the room they played at every bit I think 
and even the vocal bits that like the crowd joined in with made it even better because like it is a small it is a kind of I guess it is a kind of inevitably yeah. eventually it becomes a small room when you play on the floor yeah that's um, to, a couple of memories for me for that for that gig so Cold Dead Hands used to encourage you to do do you remember this used to encourage you to do a, a tape swap so you um, f- f- oh, do you remember this eh? so the first time I ever experienced that was at this gig so they, they, they. I mean, I think it's amazing. Like they, they encourage people who were coming to the gig to make a tape of bands that they were into. So just like make basically make a mixtape. You came into the gig, you stuck your tape in a box, and then you left with some somebody else's tape, and it's a way of sharing music. And I mean, how fucking DIY and cool as how DIY and cool is that? And I remember listening to um, so. This is how I get into a bat. I get into Mira, you know Mira, the, the 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 female vocalist. Yeah. Get into that through a through a mixtape at at one of these shows. Um, that th- there's also a funny story about this gig, <laughs> which my <laughs> which Steve told me about. Will I, will I tell it? I'm going to make a confession first about the mixtapes. So, I remember we went to a show and spotted the mixtapes, and I. I wanted one of the mixtapes. <laughs> so the next, this is terrible. I think I know who got it as well. At the next show, we'd tried to start a band. Do you remember between like the first shows and Edinburgh and the next one? We'd tried to start a band. Uh, just going down, no, none, not all of us liked Screamo, but we just went down and tried to write, <laughs> had to write heavy songs, like really heavy songs. What was that were, band called? The band... <laughs> the band were called uh, Power Boys. So, and the reason for that was they were boss. We were utterly boss. Uh, we felt we felt we were heavy enough. So, and re- on reflection, we looked at we listened to back to and thought, "Oh my god, that is absolutely boss." It's like Power Boys. So then, therefore, that became the name of the band. <clears throat> but so then, I decided it'd be really funny if if I just got all the songs chopped them and made like four or five songs because it was like a 90 minute tape and there was only five songs on it <laughs> uh, full of like circus riffs going uh, and I made a nice mixtape nice cover put it in the mixtape box and then took a really good mixtape and I really enjoyed the mixtape and I've now that is so do you know what man, man I've actually got no regrets no regrets no regrets about that whatsoever that is you you quite happy with that? <laughs> happy with how that went? I'm thankful for the, um, thankful for the like. Would you call it the mixtape I got? And in the end, we put a lot of effort into that. Well, mess. That sounds so. that sounds rubbish. But I think we should say respect to Cold Dead Hands for all those gigs they used to put on. And uh, ah, legit, so and, many good gigs. Ah, so many good gigs. Like what a what a collective that was, and it was it was really cool at that time that we had there was collectives in a few of the, the big cities weren't there big yeah, cities in big Scotland cities. Well, so I, but I mean Cold Dead Hands were, were up there they always get the always get good scrammers um, gave us I would say we hadn't really mentioned us but gave us gave us gigs let us play when shows we when terrible. we were rubbish and and Aye. gave us gigs but not we gave us gigs we has to say with bands that we like we absolutely adored imagine getting like getting to play with your favourite bands like getting on the same bill as your favourite bands we did not deserve to play with those bands at that time but and the the blind faith 
that I think that a lot of people had. Like I think yeah. called like absolutely got nothing but absolute um, yeah. thanks and love for the Edinburgh Cold Dead Hands people. Thank you. So Studio Twenty Four Two Thousand and Four. What a gig! Um, the next time we seen them was two thousand and two thousand and twelve. And we went to see them in, when they toured the UK, but they didn't come to Scotland in 2012, but they played in Brighton. That was lovely jubbly. So Dave, tell me your tell me your memories of Brighton 2012. Good weekend, me, you, Paco Mari, him retracing his old scrams contacts. I don't know, did he even, did he even meet him, did he? No, I don't nah, know. Anyway... Great, tremendously good weekend. Trip to Brighton's always good. I absolutely love Brighton. Nothing but really fond memories of being in Brighton, playing in Brighton, people from Brighton. Good times, but the gig was uh, immense. Like am I like waiting for what eight years? Waiting for eight years, and I think you remember that. Obviously, the same as everybody else. Like the, this album was only was pretty fresh when we see them in two thousand four. Yeah. So it's a bit like that way where you get to abs like the the album gets to just become a party and then you get to see it again live and Aye. fully appreciate every bit of feedback, every scream and every riff. So this is when um so, so they released decompositions in like two thousand and twelve on, on on Gatepost. So they what they done with this is they, they released half of it first. It was called Rites of Initiation. Um, they released it, like half of the album on its own, and then came back with the the, the second part of it, and the whole thing became decompositions. They crowdfunded this album, which I found quite interesting. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess they hadn't played in years and years, so like, how the fuck do you have money to record a, a massive album like that? So they, they, they crowdfunded it, which I found interesting. 2012 Brighton um, amazing show lasting memory is sat on the, the pebble beach in Brighton looking at the wreck you know the, the, the pier oh, yeah. um, before the gig with a wee shitty speaker listening to a, a screamo playlist that we'd put together between you, me and Steve um, and then going to the gig and having a absolute Brilliant time. Tremendous time. Like and the set the set was amazing. That that was a lot of years after this album came out, but uh, it still sounded so so massive. That's why I said Deaf Havana, they supposed De- Deaf Haven. Deaf Haven. Deaf Havana, Deaf Haven. Uh, lots of deaf. Death. Lots of deaf like bands. Um the last time the last time I've seen them was in uh, two thousand thirteen. They came they came back when Decompositions was out and they toured the UK again. I seen them in in Glasgow in the Classic Grand. And she's from the Cat House. Like, and she's. Have you ever been in the Classic Grand for me? Aye. What is it? Again in the Classic Grand as well. Do you know go and see that, some? Did Circle Take the Square play in there? Circle Takes the Square played in the Classic Grand. The Classic Grand is a fucking wow. shannery a venue, man. I it's, hate it. That's shite. It's aye. a nightclub, but was it get good? Uh, the gig was weird if I'm honest like the the, the the folk who were there I don't know it wasn't it didn't feel like a scrams show by that point it felt like I don't know the, the crowd was weird um, it wasn't 
finger pointy and like right up and under. Well, for was, goodness sake, who's it? Was not, a, it was a wee bit. It was a wee bit sort of sat back. It's a, it's the worst of like the of the three times I've seen them. That's the, the, the my least favourite. It was obviously good seeing them and they played some amazing bangers, but the venue just didn't suit them. Like it was almost like who, who fucking. Aye. Who thought to put you on in venue. here? Like you could uh, have played, there's probably about 10 venues in Glasgow, <laughs> but you could have put Circle Tixie Square in, like the 13th note or fucking Sleazy's or uh, anywhere like that. Aye. But the last Any other studio. small venue would have been amazing. The Ark. Well, how, uh, uh, like, how good would it be to see him at the Ark? That would have, that would have blown, blown your mind. Um, so that was the last time I, I, I seen them, 2013, which is what, eight, eight years ago? Uh, something like so I, 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 that was that, the last time was 2012, so I'm nearly 10 years and you're, you're about 8. They, they better come back, do you come back? Come back. Please come, come back. Hey, you listen? Hey, please write some more shit. Right, okay, so that, that sums up the live section of the album that we've talked about the time we've seen them live. <laughs> we reflect upon the, the live section of the album. So now right. it's time, Tam. At the end of the podcast. Oh my god. For the fucking hero. Kick us um, off. Okay. He's held it in like a Scrams P. Like the. So Tommy P. Tommy P. Um, gives his fucking hero to interview at the Ruins. Nice. So, nice. So number five. It's by by no means the, the the song with the most to it in this album, um, but it's just just a the hook in it right at the start. It's my bad boy. Right, okay, Dave. My fucking hero. This was so hard because I have, I have two, that um, that honestly, I could have. It's it's a coin toss. But I've, I think I'm in it. I'm in it, and inevitably I'm in it for the music. So non-objective portrait of karma is my fucking hero, and I, but I'd have to say it's like. No, you only get one. Forty-one percent non-objective portrait of karma, but it's forty like fifty-one. I can't even count. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can't even string sentences. Can't count either. Fifty-one percent non-objective portrait of karma. Forty-nine percent kill the switch. Those two, man, I can't. It's so hard to pick, but I'm going to have to go for non-objective portrait of karma. All right, cool. Well, funny. That's cool. Well, I'm also going to have to go for an interview of the ruins. It's my favourite song in the album, and it's I love the the atmosphere on that song. Aye. It's just I love the drums, the intro, the guitars, the piano, everything. Is for me, it's the best song in the album, and that's why I've got to pick it as the hero. The the fucking fucking hero. Hero. Lovely jubbly. I like how that um that sort of feature's meant to go funny. Was, why did we not do that last week? Well I think, <laughs> I think we all know why not last well, week, didn't we? I think we all know that. We should have done it like that last week. We should have waited to the end. Right, okay, so let's move on to <laughs> wow. the yummy gato session. Session? Section session. The yummy gato session would right. be something else. Yummy gato! Dave, do you want to kick us off on the yummy gato? Well, I feel like it's Tam's pick. He needs to kick us off. Alright then. 
So let's fling it over to Tommy P. Hey yo, hey yo, Tommy P. What do you say about this shit? <laughs> oh, um, oh, this is this is my my favourite screamo album. It's probably like one of my top three favourite albums of any any genre. Um, it's got to be 10 out of 10, man. It's got to be the 10 delicious slices of gato for me. Yummy gyro! And I don't, want, I don't want this to become a thing where the person who picks the album that you discuss just has to automatically give it 10. Like, because I did Swither begin this, this bad boy 9, but then I would just have been doing that to, to sort of satisfy, my, well, satisfy myself. I think if, if it is your favourite, genuine favourite, Screamo album, then you need to give it ten. Aye, I can't you do it, man. I can't, I can't see past it, man. Like I've, I, I've loved it. I've loved it for years. I said this at the start. It's, it's meant different things to me at different points in my life, um, and I've, I always come back to it and, and love it. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Ten slices of yummy gato. Brilliant, cool, Dave. Me, what are your views? My, uh, my views are. Uh, love this album for many many different reasons it's so um, clever the, it's so satisfying musically lyrically vocally song structurally um, it That's... makes you want to jab a cloud <laughs> like I said uh, so I'm going to give this 9 Slices of yummy gato. Nine slices for me. Yummy gato. Wow, that's that's some high praise. High praise. Impressive. Um, and funny, my man. What what we saying? A as the roots undo by Circle Takes a Square. Right. Well, I think you know. Obviously, like I've not loved this album from back in the day. I have actually listened to it a lot this week. I've listened to it like maybe like 10 11 times at least and I have liked it a lot more than I did um, but for me it's a bit too metal it's a bit too I wish the guitars were louder I wish the drums were quieter and also the vocals are quieter as well and I obviously understand why the lyrics are so high in the mix because the lyrics are so good and they're, they're obviously they're very descriptive and stuff but for me the lyrics are a bit too gothic fantasy fairy tale I mean I'm not shitting on this album by any means I understand why people like this but for me, it's just not for me um, and I'm thinking about the albums that are coming up well there's albums that I like more than this that are going to get a better score so for me I, I like it and I've liked it a lot more than I did back in the day so I'm going to have to give this a five slices out of ten that's actually higher than I thought you were going to rate it. Aye. So, like, I, same, like, I, I knew Finney didn't like this band. It's the same as, like, remember we used to love Amen and Finney hated Amen? What do you mean, used to? Well, mind how we still love Amen and Finney hated it. Yes. Still hates Amen. I enjoy Amen more now. <laughs> But anyway, but I, I, to be fair, 20, I do. Twenty-five, twenty-five is quite, quite, quite high. I do agree with the with the mix 
I do agree with the mix. I think the the guitars should be louder. My problem, pinch, and I guess maybe maybe this is why it's not ten. I don't know. I like this so well crafted. Everything else is so good. I would just love this album just a wee bit more if the drums were a little lower in the mix. And I think I, I like I love. I love drums high in the mix, man. I love like drums being the thing that drives something forward. But here, I would just, I would just like them for, to be a wee bit more. And it's because the guitars are so good. I just want them to come through a wee bit more right. than they do. Absolutely. Um, but that, so I, I, I sort of like sympathise a wee bit with. I said twenty five. It's definitely twenty four. Ten plus nine plus five. It's not twenty five. <laughs> I do. I honestly do like this album a lot more than I did like before. Um, appreciate why people like it, but it's just for me, it's just not as high as other albums that are coming up. It's not your vibe. But it's not my vibe. It's but not your vibe. I can um, understand why you like it so much. And that's what that's what this is all about. Like I'm actually looking forward to getting into some albums that I I didn't used to like. Man, like there's there's a bunch of bands what? that I've used to not give a shit about that I'm quite looking forward to listening for the purposes of this and if Finney picks them I'm going to give them one out of ten <laughs> one slice of yummy gattle for every Finney pick for now on I've been nice to everybody so far right okay so that that kind of concludes the podcast then so all that's left to say is um, if you'd like to follow us on social media you can follow us on twitter at scrams beep and you can follow us on Instagram at Scrams Jams. <laughs> and you can follow us on Facebook at Scrams Jams, a Screamo podcast. Also follow us on Spotify and Apple Music and wherever else you get your podcasts. And that's us. We have done the podcast. Remember to leave your comments on Yummy Gatto scores. We want to know about them. We want to know your Yummy Gatto scores and, and your comments. Are we going to go for... Rejoice in all of that! <laughs>